Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Thank you very much, Mr. Nolan North, and welcome everybody to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesley. Thank you so much. If this is your first time listening to the show, it's very much appreciative. And obviously, as you'll see, if you're on the listings on iTunes, we've had a bunch of episodes over the past four years of doing this show. So this sounds good and you enjoy this episode, which I hope I am hoping and have a good feeling that you will. Is obviously, please do consider subscribing when you get the latest episodes and have a gander at the other episodes of celebrities and random people that we've had on. Because uh, basically, the criteria uh, is that they have to be sort of just it, it, where I say interesting or they have an interesting project. And are able to hold a conversation. And uh, basically, if there ever, if anyone is ever on this show with me hosting and running it, is that it's a pat on the back for me to say that what they're doing is quite quite fun, um, for for the most part. So, um, so yeah, so um, that that that's basically how this works. Um, I have no idea, <laughs> no idea why I said that that way. It sounds like a, I was suddenly turned into some sort of uh, old uh, German general. You must download the download the subscription now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made, I made myself laugh. Just half the battle, as uh, Craig Ferguson would say. Um, but anyway, so welcome to the episode. This ep- this uh, episode is with Alex from Battlebards, who is um, an old friend of the show. He's been on three or four times, actually. Uh, he hasn't been on this year because I haven't done as many podcasts as I would have liked. Um, but he's super, super friendly and super, super awesome. Um, and he's on to talk about Battlebards. Which is something we promoted, as we mentioned on this podcast, we've promoted since it started really, and that's part of the conversation on today's episode. Um, because uh, if you don't know what BattleBards is, it's basically a software for role-playing games. So um, if you download the you know, BattleBards um, software, um, you get a bunch of tracks and you use them in your role-playing games. So for example, so, so for example, if you have, if the GM uh, decides that he wants to throw a fireball at the adventurers, you actually can have a sound effect where you throw a fireball and so have, and it like, you can have all the tracks sort of prepared before you start your role-playing session. So let's say it has a mixer, so you can mix some tracks together. And also what's cool, which I thought was a really clever idea, is that it, it allows you to have the ability to put your own tracks in. So if you bought, like, for example, some sort of movie soundtrack, like The Last Samurai or something like that, which is one of my favourite films, you can incorporate that into and mix it with their tracks or mix it with your own tracks. And so um, it's a really, really clever idea as someone who's done role-playing games before, which I've mentioned. Um, it's really good because it, it adds to the atmosphere as if, like, you know, going to a theatre and watching a film, for example. So it's really, really cool and really interesting. If you want more information, obviously, other than listening to this podcast, obviously, all the way through, I hope, um, is you can go to battlebards.com uh, where you can find more information. That's B-A-T-T-L-A-B-A-R-D-S. And you can uh, listen to some examples of tracks on SoundCloud. I say Alex is really fun. We talk quite philosophically um, about happiness and all sorts of stuff and dogs because um, talking about the fact they got a dog. It's about about on Twitter as well. We're at Geek underscore Apocalypse. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is the episode with Alex from Battlebards. Please enjoy. Very well. Love you. Long time. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, I mean, and, uh, what I was about to say, the build-up for this was um, the girl I was interviewing, a girl called Pamela Nidu, who does a, a great book about platonic friendships, and she was on talking about that, and she actually was in London, and so she actually, we was, I was supposed to talk to her in the morning, she actually delayed it by a few hours because she went and helped. Um, and oh, so wow. we, we sort of made the decision not to kind of bring it up because obviously it was quite fresh in her mind. So we decided not to bring it up on that podcast. So I guess now being the, the next podcast I've done is that I thought it was interesting is that she was like, you know, quite level headed and, and stuff. And yet she'd been to the site and actually helped people, which I thought was, um, rather, that's, fasc- that's amazing. rather fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. but anyway, um, anyway, this isn't about, uh, this isn't about past things. This is about Alex. So, <laughs> um, so as I said, as I'm going to say in the introduction, Alex is a good friend of the show. He's been on. I don't know, maybe at least three times. Uh, I probably yeah, should have checked yeah. about this before beforehand. But um, obviously, I mentioned in the introduction about Battle Bars and what it's about. So I guess, like I was touching on, so what are you guys been up to um, since to, in 2017? What's Battle Bars been uh, been up to? Yeah, no, it's 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 a great question. So I know from a lot of uh, listeners out there, or anybody who's kind of been um, following what we've been doing, we've been quite quiet in most of uh, FY17, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of that is uh, really just uh, us taking a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from our power users, just really kind of being active in our community and and those who have been participating in our service, and really kind of gathering that feedback. And one of the key things that we've learned uh, is that. Our uh, system, our our platform, you know, our soundboard, mixer, and kind of even our store itself could be more friendly. It mm-hmm. could be easier to use. Our UX is not as streamlined as we would really like it to be. So we've taken that extremely seriously, and we've been heads down for about six months uh, redesigning and re-engineering from the ground up uh, the service. So uh, working on everything from some tutorials, some kind of, uh, you know, some extra kind of informational steps and even some like basic tour, uh, to really kind of help users understand what the service is that we're not just a platform where we sell audio. We have the soundboard. We have a platform for you to mix tracks together. Um, and instead of just kind of leaving people on their own to discover that, we're trying to find ways to really make that a much easier experience. So we're hoping we're seeing at the light of the end of the tunnel. I'm really hoping to uh, release everything that we've been working on this summer. It's hard to tell exactly where we are, um, but I, I think we're, we're somewhat on the tail end. So um, a, big, a big chunk of that is um, making the service a lot easier to use. I mean – we, we all know, right, as a GM, the last thing you need at the table when you finally got the energy going, when everyone's super excited and the dragon's about to crash in, the last thing you want to do is, like, queue up tracks or have loading times. I mean, that just that, – that, that just Buffering. It. <laughs> right, buffering. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and that that kills us too, right? So yeah. that's one thing. Um, and we've been really kind of working on our – on BattleBots cast. So for those of you who don't know, it's our offline – it's our uh, online player. So if you're playing these games through a virtual tabletop mm-hmm. like roll 20 or fantasy grounds um you could actually invite your players through a battle bards cast platform and have that music experience be able to orchestrate your music and sound effects and all that um wirelessly so uh you know or, or kind of remotely um so we've been also redoing our um, experience there and we should be in beta soon for our offline player so Brilliant. for those of you who just kind of like set up all your audio beforehand and then maybe you play somewhere that doesn't have an internet connection, maybe you play in a basement or who knows somewhere, um, you could finally still bring all of that audio with you, uh, regardless of internet connection. So, so is it basically like, the idea of that if it's every is it everything that you've purchased or downloaded is going to just be on your computer? 
Yeah, right. Yeah. So you can download it, all of it. You can put whatever um, of your own tracks that you've um, also uploaded if you meet that certain threshold. Or you can upload your own. You can have your own mixes downloaded, everything ready to go. So then when you pick up that laptop or tablet or whatever you're using, um, you can go ahead and run your audio from there. So I can imagine uh, that's quite useful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it. I, I was thinking of a couple of situations that that would be useful in that I imagine like, I don't know if it's like this in America, but um, some of the games night that I... And uh, if you go to like your games night in a local game store here in in Newcastle, and um, there are a lot of the a lot of the the games nights take place in like basements, so you might have the issue of not being able to sure. get a signal. Um, sure. For example, so I could see certain situations or like a convention, because uh, for whatever reason in conventions I've been to in the UK, like the one that's the board game one in here, which is in Birmingham, uh, which is fairly recently actually, um, and for whatever reason they they struggle to get a signal. So I'm just thinking of examples where having access to your stuff uh, just on their iPad instead of actually having a connection, I think would be hugely useful in them scenarios. And that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And you know, and, and this is why we, we have said since we started this, how important it is that we talk to the people that are enthusiastic of battle bars and talk to the people who like to use audio and gaming. Cause for me, you know, I, in Southern California here, you know, there's kind of there's there's an internet connection everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. But as we so for me, I would not have uh, myself have known that and having an offline player would be so critical. Mm-hmm. But as we talk to the people all over the world who use our service, and it just became so clear, like, look, this is something that really has to happen. Yeah, we've prioritized that, uh, and, and that's why you know we're finally at a place where we can release it in the beta. But if it wasn't for that dialogue that mm-hmm. we really strive to maintain. You know, we we would have been out of touch, right? Yeah. We would have been working on other stuff that people might have not have been as interested in. So that's why it's so critical for this and really any business to mm-hmm. just make sure that your consumers are the loudest, most important voice when you're prioritizing what you want to get done. I was going to say as well, and this is a huge compliment to people like yourselves, is that, and I guess it's, I, I, I guess it'll lead to a question actually. So I'll 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 make my statement first, but um, it is um a huge credit goes to the fact that you actually like you know if you get feedback and something that makes sense to you in particular is you actually go to the trouble of like reinventing something that you've done and i find that like really refreshing compared to you know i've seen certain situations and i'll not name for i guess legal reasons potentially but uh, there's some like mainstream companies who just go you know screw the consumer this is the way it is even though if they get like you know you know thousands and thousands of criticisms of a certain thing and they'll go oh but you know it's the way that we've done it and we're not willing to you know reinvent the wheel in this sense but I like the fact that even though I'm assuming, you know, doing something like this in an offline capacity is not easy or if there's something that you want to implement, you, need, you know, I guess my point is, is it fair to say you don't go, oh, my God, that's going to take a great deal of effort. You go, oh, we want to do this because someone's asking for it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we sit down, um, you know, with the executive team and we decide, all right, so what are we going to dedicate, you know, dedicate our, our resources to? We just take a look at kind of everything that are, you know, that we've gotten loud and clear from our consumers and we try to align that with our business and strategic objectives. Um, and there's, it's kind of a trade-off, right? To, you know, the more audio we release in a way, the more money we make. Um, you know, and, um, but at the same, you need to balance, you know, just a sheer revenue consideration with just making the experience as good and delightful for, um, the people who've been supporting you this whole time as possible. And then we just decided, look, uh, it makes no sense to keep cramming, you know, as good as the audio is, it just no, makes no sense to do it if people aren't having a seamless, fun, amazing experience with our service. I mean, we want the Battle Bards brand 
to really stand for something. We want it yeah. to stand for like, you know, this is really the creme de la creme of, of these audio services. So we said, well, we're going to take the hit. Um, it's going to be a long time. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of money, a lot of time. But um, if that's what we need to do to make sure that we have something that we're super proud of, then then we'll do it. Yeah, because um, um, I guess from... My my sort of thinking thinking process in, in in as you were saying that is you'd rather have something that you know is fundamentally sound rather than as you said chip away on like going we'll just add more tracks or we'll add more tracks when if there's something fundamentally that needs to be changed there's no point in just keep you know climbing uphill when you need to rebuild you need to rebuild the path that you're going to if that makes sense so like I I, yeah. I think. I think like that's really sensible, um, and as I say, like you know, I guess from a, as you said, from a this is why I say I think you give yourself good, great credit because you're thinking of the bigger picture essentially. Because um, you know, as I say, you're, you're taking a lot of downtime, and I'm assuming like you know that's not exactly the most business savvy thing in terms of money, but <laughs> ultimately it's going to end up um, you know being something better, basically, essentially. Uh, exactly, um, exactly, mm. and and all of us, you know, yeah, so. Yes, you're right. Um, e- even at the early stage where we are, you know, taking uh, six months to refactor uh, is very expensive, not just to business, but to ourselves. But mm-hmm. um, this is a labor of love. Um, yeah, yeah. We do this because we love this and we, we wouldn't be this far if we didn't, you know, if the if the real team wasn't just so passionate about what we do. So, absolutely. yeah, um, you're, you're absolutely right. But I think we're finally getting to a place where um, we have a way to really kind of introduce what we're trying to do in a much streamlined way. Um, and this will kind of allow for some other potential opportunities down the road. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go. Um, we also have some, some more audio. So I know we haven't released stuff in a while. We kind of fell a little bit behind because of all this crazy refactoring work, but there's still, you know, uh, some of the tracks that we're really focusing on releasing now. Uh, again, is a result of taking the feedback and, and, and understanding what our customers like to use. So some of the stuff that you guys can look forward to coming out is stuff that we feel has not really been covered in anywhere, any other kind of sources of gaming audio you can find, mm-hmm. and stuff that applies to so many different games. For example, actually having the Thieves Can't language. I mean, how many <laughs> times have we heard of Thieves Can't? And that means so many different things to so many different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we took that as a fun <laughs> challenge. Um, so we did a little bit of research, and it, that goes into, uh, I think it's like the Victorian age in England, yeah. and how kind of that uh, started to uh, evolve, and it was called, you know, Thieves Can't, it was uh, a, a beggars something it yeah, was called yeah. kind of all, all these different names did some research worked with our talent and now i think we're the first that i know of that are actually saying all right for gaming here's some cool thieves can't language to use that's cool um for music you know a pirate shanty um uh nature claimed ruins kind of this mystery kind of surrounding areas that will have a sense of discovery around it uh, war College, which we just have an amazing uh, kind of military War College gladiator type feels to it. So a lot of, I think, super awesome audio that will still be hitting um, the system as we kind of work through this refactor uh, mm-hmm. and, and still kind of release some of the audio. Yeah, I think the most obvious thing to, you know, I, I was thinking about this because, like, as, as I touched on right at the beginning of the, of the podcast is that, um, you know, Alex has been on a bunch of times thinking you know even even on the 100th episode and and uh, one of the things that i love about doing this and the fact that i've been doing it for a few years now is to see the progress people have made and i mean i'm saying like all you're doing is like restructuring now is basically what you're saying in terms of this year but i i, I think like and I, w- I was going to ask you this directly but one of the things i love about it is like for example the you know there was like a friend of mine called marty and uh, he, his friend fran 
had this idea for a book and they actually mentioned this on this podcast and then fast forward to i think it was like sort of like six months ago and they got it published like so they nice. just and, and i was just like that's so cool and i just i, I want to ask you directly obviously because you're on the show now is obviously because i'm encouraging people to listen to uh, when alex has been on before um but the progress these have made you know like i mean you know, we, I joked about the fact that, like, you're restructuring now, but that's all you're really doing is just fixing a problem that's come up. But, you know, do you ever look back? Because I, I, I'm sure I've asked you this before in a sort of semi-serious way, but, like, because owning businesses that we, me and you both do is you never really get the chance to kind of look back and go, my God, the progress that you've made is quite, you know, ridiculous. You know, when you, in my, in my sense, when you've done hundreds of shows and you're like, my God, I didn't realize I've done that long because you were kind of involved in it too much. And so yeah. I guess giving you the opportunity now to ask you, do you ever like sort of have a period of time where you go, wow, we went from essentially, because I think that, I think people who don't have a business don't, don't realize this. You go from literally, you, Alec, you must have sat down with I'm assuming your wife and, and everyone else you got involved in this project and gone. It literally came from an idea of you sitting in a table, you know, discussing it with a bunch of people going, We should do this because it doesn't exist and now look where you've gone and I guess do you ever do you ever think of it that way? Do you ever get an opportunity you to know, do that's, that? You know, that's that's a really interesting question. You know, come to think of it, I guess I really I, I've been you know, I, I've been in the forest for so long. I haven't really stopped to look at the trees um, because of the, the exact reason of what you said. You're just yeah. in it. You're, you're just yeah. you're just running all the time. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm looking back, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, uh, and I think I, there have been some times where you know when I'll be in a, a meeting and you know things are tough. They, you know, any small business owner, right? Any business, think, you're going to have your your great nights. You're going to have your great days, and you're going to have your really tough nights and really tough days. And um, you know, I've tried to kind of tell the executive teams, like, look, guys, you know, I know, uh, you know, things usually, you know, gets tough, and we have good days, and we have bad days, but look how far we've come. But I've never really sat down and really thought about it. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about where this started, um, I've been using audio in my games. I've been a DM for about twenty years now. Yeah. I've been using audio in my games for a very, very long time. And um, I had this idea of once, like, I wonder what it would, I wonder what effect my game would have if I had a professional score that was tailor made to my yeah. game. So, put the money out, got it, ran it in my game, and the, you know, the the accolades, you know, the the response was just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I told my friends, I'm like, oh, well, this is what I did, um, and based on this response, I think there might be people out there that, like us, would really enjoy this. And it was right then and there. I said, "Look, guys, I'm I'm interested in, in really uh, potentially, you know, putting this into a business. What do you guys think? Do you want to come on board?" And and that's kind of where the whole ball started getting rolling. So it started as a community endeavor with the OC yeah, yeah. Uh, OCC OCGG um, Orange County Gaming Group, and I was our pilot just to see like anybody oh, out yeah. there really interested in any of this. And that went gangbusters, right? Uh, and then we said, okay, looks like there are people interested in this. And we just got more organized, more structured, and Battle Bars was born. So, yeah, when you think back to those days and all the work that has happened yeah. from that day to now, wow, yeah, that's holy yeah, cow. A I lot was... of tears, a lot of cheers. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Um, and, I mean, what's interesting about that is that, you know, I mean, I, I said about, you know, sitting around a table and, you know, because some people kind of just, if the, if you're creative or you, you, you want to make a company or something, as you sit down and go, right, what idea can we come up with and let's go with that? But you, actually, it's kind of, you, you're, it was, you're describing it being born out of necessity, basically, is that you saw mm-hmm. something, but, you know, and I guess that's the advantage. Is it fair to say, 
you know, because, I mean, this, the, the, I think this is something me and you share, and we've talked about this before when you've been on, but having the passion of doing something that you actually have an interest in makes it far easier than I imagine someone doing like, you know, when I, I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier today where, you know, she was basically like, Oh, I just do this job because I, you know, have a child and I need to pay the bills. Um, and right. I don't like doing it and I hate getting up and getting up and doing it, but uh, you know, who else is going to do it kind of thing. Right. So, you know, it, it is kind of a blessing to be able to do it in, in some aspects, but that must, you know, you said about like the bad days and stuff. It must be, that must really motive help the motivation by going well it's not the worst thing in the world to 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 get up and you know work on an idea that you know you like doing exactly um if it wasn't for my love of gaming if it wasn't for my love of if it wasn't for my love of and and it's funny because i just had a game last night um and if it wasn't for my love of having that right score start to fade in wherein your dialogue is starting to kind of run and you're seeing your players there you look at them and you know that they're in another world they're in that world that you help <laughs> to create and yeah. they're just hanging on every word and you feel the emotionality because of the track and sync with what you're seeing and the right sound effect cues in if it wasn't for my passion of weaving these stories without effect this business could pay me 10, 20 times uh, as much and I would not have stuck with it um, yeah, if yeah. it wasn't for that. It's really for the love of gaming. It's for the love of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I will, man. I, I would have gave this up ages ago uh, if it wasn't for that. No, no, no totally. question. And I mean, um, I, I think like one of the things I most like about if I ever, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I do this very often, but if I listen to an old episode, of any of these I've done, what I, what I find interesting about what guests and you know people who end up drawn to being guests on this show or people who ask to come on are people. The comments, the thread seems to be, and I, it's what gives me sort of hope and and I think is what people I find interesting when we have these discussions is that it kind of leads to this idea that happiness isn't revolved around how much money you make. Um, and I really like that that's the case because, you know, it's one of these things that you kind of, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's perceived as wishful thinking when you're growing up as you kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, you know, you, you know, money doesn't make happiness, but everybody wants money. Every, money's everything. And yet I sure. find as I get older and I'm now nearly 30 um, and I now find myself going that the most happiest people I know are not necessarily the people that make the most money. It's the people who actually wake up and do what they want to do. Um, I think that's kind of the secret. Um, and it's just nice that that seems to be a common thread in any sure. of the podcasts I've done, which is kind of nice. Sure. And, and I would agree. But, but to the point that there's a threshold, right? I mean, as long as you have food, you have shelter, your, you know, if you have family or kids, your kids are safe. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they can go to a place where they're going to, Get an education to help them self-realize their own potential, mm-hmm. and you have the basis covered. Everything else is gravy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, everything it's else a bonus is just everything else. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everything else, exactly, exactly. Everything else is a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that you can really truly do for yourself at that point is to make sure that what you do, you you made. Look, I'm not going to lie and say like everyone can find a job out there that they love. That's that's exceedingly rare. Yeah. But at least finding a job that, you know, you could at the end of the day, you know, realize, you know what, you did you did something that you're proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you know, you can kind of put your stamp on the day and say, I had a good day today. And 
that one thing in the morning that maybe you're not doing cartwheels out of bed, but you're waking up and saying, you know what, it's going to be a good day. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a get a chance to really kind of have an impact in the area that I wish to have an impact in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah, like not even something that you can not, like as as long as it's not something you resent. I think that's right. what I think that's what really leads to you know a realm of unhappiness is that yeah that you end up doing if you end up doing something where you know it's just a constant grind and it's kind of unfulfilling and it doesn't really mean anything um it's quite usually quite a you know um mundane job or something you know um then then yeah if you if you aren't able to do that then but 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 again um you know it it all it it leads to a, a much more wider interesting point about what D- defining what happiness is for some people because I, I you know you meet some people who are fine with doing that like um to give an example like my brother him who i don't you know i'm not disparaging at all when i say this but he has a very normal he works for the civil service here which is kind of like the government uh, mm-hmm. uh and um he's been doing that since he was at left school he pretty much does the same job he did when he when he was like 17 and he's incredibly happy um so it all really you know necessarily depends on what you define your happiness to be really um sure um but yeah no, people I, can I, find I, happiness other ways right some people yeah, yeah. kind of it's however um what i've learned because i'm a little older than you what, what at least what i'm starting to learn um and there's a lot more for me to discover in this arena but what i'm starting to see is um people's happiness relates on how someone identifies themselves if i identify myself for example as a hardcore competitive twitch video gamer and i like those games but i'm not very good i'm not going to be happy um because i'm just going to keep getting beat and i'm going to keep getting frustrated and uh no matter how i try to console myself if that's how i'm self-identifying um, I'm always going to be uh, running into a wall. Yeah, yeah. If I'm instead, if I'm self-identifying as someone who loves telling stories and loves hanging out with his friends, and um, someone who um, enjoys being, you know, having a, a good marriage, um, you know, that's something that's much easier to really feel satis- satisfied. Um, yes. Really feel like, um, you know, really feel happy. So what I've learned is, if you're if you're in a spot where you're consistently depressed or you're consistently frustrated you're not happy take a look at how you're identifying yourself yeah how do you how do you define yourself Mm -hmm. and that's where i've started and um, that's helped me immensely no no i think that's a that's a really really good observation and and, uh, yeah i think i think that 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 that, as you said about being a little bit older than me i think that comes in experiences i don't think you fully realize that when you're younger um, because you i guess you kind of think it'll all work out and i'll be fine then you suddenly re- it's only when you sort of i guess be self-aware enough to realize that the impact that you actually have and the decisions you make because um it's funny because um you know alex knows this because i told him told him before we started and i'm assuming uh there's the hosted podcast coming up in the next episode so i guess i'll talk about it in more detail but i've been sick for the last two and a half weeks um with strep throat which really sucks well it was a fever to begin with and then it then it it came with a vengeance um and it's funny as i was talking about this with a friend of mine today just basically how not depressed i've been but um aware of how much i i want i need to be sociable to be happy because one of the problems with strep throat is that you're very contagious um and so um i i found and and it it, it really is quite you know detrimental you just you find yourself just in the in bed all the time you know completely you know you, you've basically got swollen glands and you can barely eat and it's it's a don't recommend it for anyone it's like ridiculously horrible um 
but my point is is that um i wasn't really that social I, w- I wasn't able to be sociable and have my regular life and go and see my friends and go to you know go to do some jobs and stuff and you know i was at home for a lot of that time and i just realized in a very sort of roundabout way that you know talking to people and communicating and seeing people i care about is really important to my self-worth and my and my like you know general happiness and so um that's an example of kind of what you were talking about is just being aware of what matters and helps you in your everyday sort of happiness if that makes sense and like and and the stuff and the stuff that you can do just on your own you know like um i remember seeing a a twitch streamer who basically just said his happiness is the he said what helped his happiness was um what he ate like (laughs) looking forward Mm. to his meals every day and Mm. i am and i sat there and going that's an interesting concept because i never i always think and I think this is because I'm on the move a lot. Is I I regard food as like a process where I need energy. <laughs> like I don't think about it in a kind of like in a yeah in you a, eat, in, you eat yeah. to live yes. And I, it was only when he said that a few years ago, and I was watching a video of a, a Twitcher who I really like. Um, and I suddenly like looked at that process and went, "He's absolutely right. I don't actually." You know why am I like not indulging in the food that I like? I'm just eating it like it's a like it's a it's a chore. Um, and so now I now like like you know put myself in a mindset of I'm going to look forward to what I eat and take my time and and all that kind of stuff. So it's just interesting, is because I think you're right. I think it's just learning what you as an individual is is happy about but um, wow, wow we went really deep there alex <laughs> we, went, <laughs> we, we went from like oh we're doing a whole like um about role playing and uh audio files and then we're like yeah this is what you need to be happy <laughs> hey but that's cool though no, you know um yeah it comes it comes full circle i you know i'm definitely doing something that i uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy yeah. and um, you know, and, and that comes back, um, when, uh, and the way that I help remind myself that, you know, what I'm really doing is having the effect that I'm, I've always been hoping for is, you know, every now and then we'll get an email or a tweet from yeah, someone yeah. who says, oh, I just checked out your audio and I just used it in my game the first time and the experience was just mind blowing. That's it. My whole day, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine. I, mm-hmm. I am just with a smile end to end on my face and, um, because I'm like, that, that's why. That's exactly why I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah, It's the so idea it's, of that, you know, like people, the, the fact like now, because this is something me and you share because you're being the guest. It's like, it's like there's somebody somewhere in the world, you know, there's like f- thousands of people that are downloading this podcast and listening to it at some point, And that's like kind of freaky to think about. <laughs> this yeah, idea it, that like me and you, our voices are in someone's living room in like Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it's so absolutely. great though isn't it yeah it's it's great and freaky at the same time um but yeah no i mean fr- from to 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 actually like you know talk about it in relation to you know it's a role-playing game and you're helping with audio files and you know and, and creating an, an atmosphere and stuff it must be nice to know that there's a games night somewhere in some random place and i'm assuming you got an email from like not just in america of just oh yeah, of people just from all over. going. Oh yeah, that you know we 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 tried this track from your software and we use your we use your like software all the time and it's great and it 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 goes back to what we said earlier. It's a bonus, isn't it? Because I guess you get in it, you get your own self satisfaction from doing it. But it's a bonus to hear people say, "Oh, we tried this and it's awesome." Absolutely, yeah. it's you know because sometimes uh, you know in in the 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 days that are rougher than others, it's you're kind of looking for. You're looking for that meaning. You're looking for like that that light uh, to help shine, and then you know you'll you'll go on Twitter, you'll check your emails, and you'll get one of those, and then it will just rescue you. It will just save you yeah, from yeah. that. And um, 
yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, you know, uh, I I am so grateful to the fans of Battle Bards out there who um, have a huge credit um, to really kind of keep this team uh, always reaching for the highest possible standard that we can go for, and always kind of reaching us to to do uh, bigger and better things. And um, so, yeah, and and, and to that, um, although the ha- this hasn't been locked in yet, um, t- towards that end, we're thinking about starting to gear up perhaps for our next Kickstarter campaign, All which right would be huge because we would then take, I mean, when we did our first Kickstarter, we were just these couple of folks <laughs> with an idea. Well, yeah, uh, you mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, it's funny because um, just in case people don't listen to, like, you know, I think the first podcast you were ever on here, but you mentioned, because you touched on this earlier, the Orange County Gaming Group, wasn't it called? Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was, right. wasn't it, am I right, in, am I, uh, like, is my memory right when you, didn't you, did you do a Kickstarter and it didn't work? Yeah, so yeah, we right. um, we did the first Kickstarter, the very, very, very first one. Um, we said like, hey, we just want this to be a community thing and, and everybody just donate what you can and we'll use that. Uh, <laughs> and it didn't go anywhere <laughs> um, because I guess at the end people obviously want something for their money. So <laughs> we refactored, we, we did something that goes, okay, well, um, now it's for those of you who donate, you just get a certain audio file for that donation like any other Kickstarter out in the world. And then that went uh, super well. And that was that Orange County Gaming Group one. And then we did a real uh, Kickstarter for Battle Bards, uh, the business where we were going to take that out and grow the library to where it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time around, we did it as a subscription model because yeah. that way we would bring you know people for you know pretty low amount of money per month. We would get access to massive amounts of audio. But that didn't go. Or it, it was going, um, but to something that you said earlier in the podcast – um, we just got so much feedback from users that said, look, I love this. I, I, I think this is a great idea, but, um, I don't, I'm not super thrilled right now with the subscription idea. Can you, you know, is there a thought of just going with a discrete purchase? So we were on our way to getting funded, but then we thought, you know what? Um, we need to listen to what our customers are asking for mm-hmm. and they are asking for a purchase model. Yeah. So we took down the Kickstarter. We redid our business model. Re- that, yeah. yeah re- renegotiated contracts. Uh, about 50, 60, 70 contracts at the time, which was uh, uh, some pretty crazy times. And then we did another Kickstarter with what our customers said, and that rang true, right? We we knocked that Kickstarter out of the park. Yep. Um, so um, we, again, li- kind of listening to our customers. So, so now we would be able to approach it if we get this, if we get around to this next Kickstarter, we'd be able to approach this already with a library, uh, you know, 2,000 tracks deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we have thirteen. We have about fourteen hundred out right now. We have some more kind of waiting to be released. It would be somewhere around maybe well fifteen hundred, two thousand. We'd have this huge, massive data mm-hmm. of feedback from our users, which we didn't have the first time around. And we would actually have some sci-fi stuff that we're really excited to show everyone, which would be our first real dig into some uh, some incredible sci-fi audio of the level that you'd expect from BattleBard. So. Um, so this next Kickstarter, I'm hoping if we finally get around to doing it, would just take this to a whole new level um, that we've always been dreaming of. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I love the fact as well. Like, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a question I wanted to ask in relation to that. But just while I remember, um, I think one of the coolest things, and I do, you, I'm interested to know when did this. If you can remember, when did this become part of the plan? Because I think one of the best decisions you've made, from my point of view, was when you decided to include a mixer. Like, so the idea of that you can put tracks together, I just think is such a great idea. 
so like was that always was that was that always there from day one or did that did oh that yeah, come? yeah that, that was um that was way back in the realm sound yeah that was yeah Case, um where sense, yeah. because i i used to put these mixes together on my own using like audacity or kind of any tools out there and i've always just wanted something simpler something that all i have to do is click and drag mm-hmm. and just just click a button and, and have the whole thing work how, uh, how did you do it in how did you do it in audacity did you like have to put the put the tracks on top of each other yeah, I put the yeah. tracks on top of each other, kind of yeah. played around with mixing a little bit. It, it was, it's, an Audacity, as far as those tools, as far as audio tools go, that's one of the easiest. Yeah. I want something even easier. Um, mm-hmm. where, um, I, you know, as a gamer, I don't need advanced mixing tools. I don't need 90% of everything <laughs> offered there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. As a GM who needs to do dialogue and needs to do scripting and needs to create NPCs and needs to do all this, I don't have time to do an absolute perfect stellar piece. If I can get something in which I can mix, say, the Gladiator soundtrack that then will kind of fade into one of our uh, city soundscapes and then have a voiceover in the background, if I can get that together in like five seconds, awesome. And that's what our mixer now does. Um, where I can bring in our you know, Battle Bards audio, my own live, my own personal library, put that all together, and have these custom-made orchestral, you know, sound effect type of mixes in just a couple seconds yeah, is yeah. something else. Yeah, and I think the way that think, I'm the way that I'm thinking of it, it's like sort of high functionality, but you know, easy to do, easy to easy to do. And I guess that I, I, I guess that's sort of how I'm thinking about it. Is that yeah, it's just um, it's a an easy process, but has you, there's a lot of options, um, you know, in a, in a relatively simplistic sense. Because I agree with you, as someone who edits stuff. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't, not even remotely a, a very high end editor or anything like that. But um, I find the majority of stuff that you get offered in certain softwares, is just you don't need half the stuff that they ask for. As you were saying. exactly, so exactly. it's just and 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 for this, it's a very specific thing. Obviously, so um, so yeah, no, I, I think you've made a wise decision doing that. Um, I wanted to ask you in relation to because, you, as you said, you did a, a general, a general like sort of, I guess, synopsis of how BattleBards has came to be. Um, how much of it would you say? Because the, I get asked this a lot because of, you know, I guess there's a, there's in the time that I've been around, there's been a lot of people who've had Kickstarters on here. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess like because you just intrigued me by the stuff that you said that it, it, just a little bit earlier. How much of it would you say, um, like percentage-wise, I guess, if you can put a percentage on it, how much of it is thinking while you do the Kickstarter and how much of it is planning? Because I guess, like, you know, I guess anyone who's done a Kickstarter that's successful, like yourself, would say afterwards, like, oh, you need to plan, 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 plan. But what I find interesting in your synopsis about BattleBards is you've had certain periods of time, like, for example, when you stopped the Kickstarter, where you got feedback and had to stop it and decided to change it. And so I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like, in your experience looking back, like, how much of it, of a percentage would you say is learning while you do it and planning beforehand? Yeah, I would say uh, I would agree with the the people that came before, and I would say it's 80 to 90% planning. It, yeah. it really is. Things, you, you know, uh, Kickstarters, in our experience, you need a good... Uh, two three months uh, before live that you're just heads down um, planning everything from the art assets you're going to show really making sure that you've got um, the pledge levels uh, keyed in you got those things dialed in you got the stretch goals really dialed in um, you have even you set your availability to make sure that someone's on call uh, answering yeah, questions yeah. Um, all the time it's uh, making sure that you have a media schedule um, mm-hmm. so you got your PR lined up so you know interviews and 
you know, kind of covering this on blogs and, and so forth. Uh, it's just so, so overwhelmingly important. And then, yeah, and then as a Kickstarter goes live, um, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like being live on a, on a radio show or a show. So there might be some things that you might be able to pivot on, mm-hmm. but mostly you're trying to coast on that schedule. But yeah, so in our case, it's just that the feedback that we got was so overwhelming. Um, and, you know, one of the main mottos that we all agreed on when we first started this is we're going to do whatever we can to provide what gamers want. And, and that's the guiding light. So when we got that, when, when we saw that, we go, look, we have no choice. I, I know it's going to be tough. No one, you know, we, we put in so much work on planning. No one's super excited to shut this thing down and start all over. Um, but this is what we agreed to. So we kind of took the hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tore everything down, rebuilt it back up as quickly as we could, yeah. and then uh, got that other Kickstarter out of the park. So no, no, and I mean, it's it's clear that was clear. That, I mean, it's fair to say that was a wise decision, wasn't it? Because I think it's been that was such. I think it's it was such a bet. It's it's it, it it makes much more sense doing it the way you ended up doing it. So I think it was a it was a it was the right call, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now that the service has really matured and we have so many tracks again, where we have 1400 live right now with a lot more coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've also gotten a lot of feedback from now folks on the other end saying, well, would you guys consider a subscription model where for, you know, uh, several bucks a month, you get access to everything? Um, which is how we originally started. So yeah, yeah. we're taking a look at that, um, uh, because I think that, I think that maybe the the reason when we first started that the subscription didn't really take because we were new, right? People mm-hmm. had no idea. Well, how much audio am I really going to get for my money every month? And yeah. um, you know, is there going to be a way that I could still purchase it? What, what if I just want to own it? You know, I just want to own the track. But now that we're so big and we just have now, now that we have this reputation in the market and we have such a large user base and we have so much audio, now we're thinking, you know, doesn't it make sense to Instead of asking people to say, well, they look at all that audio, it's like, man, yeah, but to purchase all that would be like, you know, 200 bucks or something. That's a lot of money. Um, if I can just pay a little bit a month and get everything under the sun and every tool, soundboard, mixer, access to everything, being able to upload my own tracks, mix mm-hmm. my own tracks for a couple bucks a month, I think that might make a lot of sense. Yeah, That's yeah, something I we're think, looking at now. Yeah, I think, I think that what you said there makes a great deal of sense in terms of you're now able to do that because you've got more stuff to that's available like yeah i think if you are this is always the problem like you know i was always told this when i first started podcasting that and i mean it's still kind of you know questioned now is that you know virtually no podcasting does this is subscription-based podcasting where you you basically charge them a rate for each podcast Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that. Like I was always told that that was really not a good idea, um, because you end up losing a lot of your audience doing that that way. And so yeah, I, I and I think like I'm I'm referring to like when you first start up because as you basically say, you know I always I always got told when you first start a business and I'm sure you got the same thing because I'm right in saying aren't I that my, my memory serves me is that you see didn't you do like oh, haven't you done a whole bunch of small businesses even before BattleBots? Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We touched yeah. on this in the podcast before, didn't we? Um, yeah. I'm pretty certain. Um, but yeah, no. You, uh, as I'm saying, like you know, it's um, um, you, you. I think we've just discussed this before. Is why I'm thinking this is that um, you, you know, it's 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 um harsh to say, but you're a nobody basically when you first start, and no one cares. Yes. You know. Yeah. So, you know. You're right. So, um. So it's it's making people care enough to go. Oh, this is really cool, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, and you know, um, and and I think once you do all the hard work and show that you're gonna stick around, is that then. Um, that I think that makes a great deal of sense. Like, so in terms of like, because I think there'll be people thinking this as we're talking. Is are you are, are you thinking about doing both models or 
Does that make sense yes, to me? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. We would not be – we're definitely not going to – if we go in this direction, there will still most certainly be the same model we have now that if there's tracks that you want and you want to purchase them and you want to mm-hmm. own them and download them, yep, that's still not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those folks who just say, look, it's not necessary for me to necessarily own the tracks. I just want access to everything, everything Battle Bards um, for a little bit a month, and they can do that as well. Or they can mix and match, right? So maybe they're a subscriber, but they say, you know what? I just fell in love with this track. I listened to it in the car. Uh, I just want it. Then just they can purchase it. Um, so yeah, if we go, if we do go down this route, um, we're going to keep the same purchase model on there for those who just uh, don't want to subscribe. That's, I think that's a genius idea. Um, I think that that would make that makes a great deal of sense. Um, I'm thinking of like you know the, the, the um, I guess I'm thinking of because this is kind of the 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 way things are heading now. I guess I'm just thinking of this in a generalistic sense. Is I'm thinking of you know video games that you play, you know the microtransactions basically is that you either can subscribe and get access to everything, or you can microtransaction to get a little bit of the game. That's right. Um, that's right. Where everything's going now. I was thinking of Star Wars. The um, my friend got me into Star Wars recently, the Old Republic game, and um, that that's like you can play free to play, but it's really restricted. And like you know, it's like, do you want to um, uh, have use this health potion? Well, it's going to cost you. Like right. <laughs> I'm being a little bit harsh. It's not that it's not that terrible, but it is the most restrictive free to play game I've ever played. Um, it's you can't even get a bank, for example. So um, which is yeah, which, if you, which makes it quite annoying. But anyway, if you look to see where digital um digital products, digital services have really gone over the last um. Uh, last several years. So yeah. music, you know, you really have Spotify, right? Yeah. That really yeah, kind of exactly, became yeah. this, the 800 pound gorilla. Then, and then movies started resisting that. But then Netflix and Hulu really started to become established and HBO Go was the subscription base. Now we're seeing video games. We're seeing with uh, Xbox's Game Pass and PlayStation's PlayStation Now. Yeah. But now that's a subscription based service. So yeah, digital, yeah. I think the, the consumer is now starting to expect, look, I don't want to just have to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just cherry pick what I want. I want it all. Yep. Um, and um, that's where we, you know, and, and that's the feedback that we're getting from our customers too. It's like, look, you guys have so much stuff. You know, we don't. You know, we we you know, we want to purchase what we want to purchase. But there's another group that says, I kind of want it all. Um, but I don't have. You know, it'd be crazy to expect people to be able to lay out all the money that would need to buy two thousand tracks. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to find a way to include everybody. We we want everybody to use our our audio where it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, and I mean, um, I, I think, um, and I'm sure you've, con- I'm, I'm sure you've sat down and considered this as well, because this is something I think about quite a lot, is just the huge amount of availability, and I guess you know, especially if you're in like, you know, you know, we're in a difficult economic time, and the amount of disposable mo- money that people have isn't a lot. Uh, combined with what you just said is that the, I guess, with the advent, advent of the internet and availability, is that people want a lot more for a lot less. Um, is that I think the downside. It, like I say, with the disposable money being a lot less, is that it's. It, um, I made this argument about podcasting is that say I decided to make a subscription based podcast and make make this a, a payable, you have to pay to listen to it. Then what if every podcast that I listened to did the same thing? I would be that I'd put myself in the same position as someone else listening to this, where I would have to pick which podcast I donated to, if everyone had that situation. So it it so you're better off having you know a really small a really small subscription based thing or the availability in your situation it's perfect just to go oh it costs like uh, you know however average your tracks are oh it costs really small amount to get one track that i really want like people right. are much more probably likely to do that um or and spread out their disposable money 
as opposed to just putting it all on one thing. Um, I, 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 I think that because of my situation as a consumer, you know, taking myself outside of my own business as I go, yeah, I pick and ch- Again, I think it's going back to what we said earlier about being self-aware. I'm self-aware enough to go, oh, yeah, I pick and choose what I buy um, and what I donate to and all that kind of thing. I guess it's the same as Kickstarter is that there's so much. I'm sure you, you I was going to say you can, you can preach this way more than I do, but... You know, I mean, did you ever think when you were doing the Kickstarters, is it like, because I imagine this must be difficult to not do, did you ever go like, oh my God, but there's so many other Kickstarters out there that people are going to donate to, like how, you know, being unique must be tough, no? Yeah, um, that's that's actually, um, when we're talking about the planning phase, that's yeah. part of the planning. It's um, when you're um, part of an industry, it helps to kind of be connected with some of the yeah. some of the folks in the space to make sure that you're not when you're launching your Kickstarter, you kind of coordinate to make sure that you're not bumping a- across anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now, you know, uh, Dwarven Forge is running their Kickstarter right now, and, and they're they're wonderful. They're they're good friends of ours, uh, and and we're really happy on how well they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely would not want to launch ours, you know, when the Dwarven Forge is going to come around just because people only have so much money and you tend yeah, to yeah. kind of share those markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to dilute them. And, and you know, we certainly don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to dilute them and I'm sure they don't want to dilute us. So, um, you know, kind of coordinating that goes into that planning phase we talked about. Yeah. So kind of understanding as much as you can in the space of what's planned to be done where so everyone can kind of have uh, their spot in the limelight and kind of a, a chance to have the market donate to you if they have the disposable income to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I forget when you mention uh, people who you're friends with, um, because um, I was kind of geeking out earlier before we started the interview, I was looking at your homepage, and it's got a bunch of people that you're partners with, and I got very, very excited because there's a few people on there that I'm huge fans of. Um, and I have to mention, because you mentioned Twitch earlier, I am so pleased and I, I don't know whether or not you could tell the story of how he got involved, but you, um, I'm a huge fan of It Me JP, um, as in JP McDaniel's, um, who he famous in StarCraft stuff. Did he find out about you? How did how did he? Um, I think you? so. Yeah. So Kane Chakravarty, who's the power behind the throne, he's he's amazing. He is kind of our um, community manager. Um, he's also our um, kind of the guy in charge of strategic partnerships. So. Um, I should ask him what the story is behind that because that's that that'd be interesting to know um, mm-hmm. of how um, they kind of got in touch and we started uh, kind of forging a partnership there. Um, oh, so I'm yeah, a huge it, fan it, of his. I'm a huge, huge yeah, fan. Of his. That, yeah, that'd be a neat question for Ken to mm-hmm. kind of bring him. We need to bring him on because he's so shy, but he so deserves. <laughs> yeah, he, he absolutely um, deserves. Wasn't he? Wasn't uh, he on one? Wasn't he on one of the early ones? And he was like in the background. I think so. and He said nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he he just deserves you know battle bards. <laughs> Um, we're here in so much thanks to all of his tireless efforts. No, um, no totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, remember, like, yeah, I, I wish I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Oh no, oh, it doesn't matter. That's fine. It's fine. I was just wanted to make a, a reference to the fact, and obviously, in uh, I see critical roles on there. Who are, I? I love that. Love that show. Um, oh, yeah. Matt and, Mercer, uh, Cool Ball Press. Um, who are, I, I'm fairly friendly with. So. Um, no, no, it's really good. I mean, like, and um, I, and as I, as I, as I, as I was touching on earlier, I think, um, like I say, I encourage people to it'd be quite interesting to see the first episode that Alex was ever on, which I'm assuming was one, was fairly early on, and you can sort of talk about, like, you know, I mean, I, it's amazing when you know, you, you, as you, as I say, it would be interesting as a listener to basically just hear Alex talk about, like, oh, this was Battle Boss, and he has my idea, and we want to do this, 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 and this. I meant it's the same for me with Geekpocalypse is going, well, I'd like to do a podcast every week, and, you know, we'll see how it goes, and then, like, you know, hundreds of episodes later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy when you it, think it's, about it's it. It's crazy. But, it is. Um, it really is. But, yeah, so, I mean, um, 
it's something that I, something I wanted to ask you, and I was I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this before we we talked. Obviously, um, is it's one of the things that I'm finding more and more awesome uh, around here. And I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to know if it's if it's if if you've noticed this or if this is applicable to you. Um, but when I talk to people now, and again it goes, but I guess it's over the period of time of me doing this as well. Is that board gaming and role playing games and 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 people you know play like gamers essentially? Um, it, it's it's like a, it's become like an epidemic in terms of like I'm really pleased to you know I'm I'm I meet more and more people who go like who have tried games in the last few years and you know have got really involved in it and people are trying role playing like I went to a convention in Newcastle not too long ago and there were people trying role playing for the first time and you know the geek in me was all like yes. Go, even though I'm, I don't, as I'm sure we touched on this before, I don't think I don't geek shouldn't be like a, a an exclusive group. I'm just meaning being geeky and interested about something and trying trying a new thing and and socializing and all that kind of thing. And I'm just intrigued to know, like, since you've started doing battle bards, and obviously you get emails saying how people appreciate it, but in terms of new game gamers and stuff, do you ever get you know, or just in your everyday life, do you see? Do you see a trend happening? Do you see that happening more um, as time? I do. Yeah, uh, I do. And those emails, those emails, or those tweets, or what have you, of those people that say, "Yeah, I just got into gaming, and uh, I'm just finding out kind of what's out there," and I ran into you guys, and this is amazing. Um, those get me especially excited. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm a child of the '80s, um, and I remember growing up where uh, gaming, in particular D and D, was still seen as um, from adults uh, with skepticism at best. Um, and from your fellow classmates with ridicule at best. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, you just, just kind of going through that and it was kind of a, a pretty, um, secluded group, right? You know, you were kind yeah. of a geek and a nerd and playing this and, you know, you were kind of the kids off to the side, the weird kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, um, yes, I, I definitely have been seeing a trend where, um, it's becoming much more mainstream, whether it's board games or it's role playing games or even comic books and, uh, I think it's a lot to add to that is really the success of a lot of these uh, pop culture, uh, you know, kind of movies and TV shows. You know, so everything from Big Bang Theory um, to you know, success of Lord of the Rings, and of course, it, um, you know, the uh, the comic book movies, which you know, people are you know, people who had never really considered this lifestyle or this hobby or kind of this uh, genre of interests mm-hmm. is now seeing like, oh wow, that Spider Man movie was actually pretty cool. So it starts to chip away at that boulder, right? It starts yeah. to kind of chip away at these prejudice. Um, or this preconceived notions of what geek culture really is. There's a really good example uh, of that with how well Wonder Woman's doing right now. Is absolutely, um, yeah. Because um, I think that's gonna, you know, it's 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 a bit of a shame to be saying this in the 21st century, but I'm hoping that it, that 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 film doing really well at having like a a female heroine, like and actually doing it properly. I mean, I haven't seen it, but from the people. Because I, I was gonna say it while I was Ill, while I was sick with my friends, but they went without me because I was contagious. So so um, but yeah, from what I've heard, it's like really well done. It's really good. Um, and I just I'm pleased. Like I'm not trying to say this in a sort of her, you know heroic like hooray for you know for 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 women and and the female gender, but you know I think it's not unfair to say is that there's a lot of female like you know the any female heroine films that I've ever done. I'm thinking of like Catwoman for example, um, which was just completely bollocks <laughs> and it's just nice to see a film do well and stuff like that and yeah and I, and I think you're right i think that's because geek culture if there is such a thing um that you as you said that were perceived nerdy nerdy and and different in 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 particular with your generation and even earlier 
um, it's now become sort of acceptable and like you know it's amazing now where you see, where I I meet people who kind of go yeah I'm quite geeky and nerdy and it's kind of regarded as a bit cool now, whereas you know as I said back in, back in even 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 you say your generation it was the same for me growing up and that even in the nineties even though there's a lot of shows that were geeky. Um, probably even more so that well maybe not more so than now because of the availability but even so you know there was star trek and stargate and a whole bunch of stuff um yeah it is kind of like a kind of like it's cool now to say i'm geeky and nerdy and i like all these things which is brilliant really because i mean um it hopefully means that people can be more open about what they like um and that's kind of been my role my goal in doing this podcast really is to kind of say it's, it's cool to like this thing and if you like it, express it. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And I'm, I've am i also liked to echo how thrilled I am to start seeing strong female protagonists yes. um, in, in media. Because, you know, in the past, largely, it was a strong female protagonist. But they would, you know, part of that would be because there was a love interest with a, a male yeah. lead. Or they're just sex symbols. Yeah. Um, you know, but, <laughs> you know, when you look at Wonder Woman, when you look at um, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, and some of the games that are starting to come out that are really kind yeah, of featuring yeah. a strong female protagonist without any kind of a, a mix-up and anything romantic. It's just, you know, it's just a strong female protagonist. It's just someone who is kind of leading um, the story without having to do anything with romance or, or anything. Um, You're right. That's yeah. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Females, at least in gaming, have been so underrepresented yeah, yeah. Um, in in so many years where, you know, they, they actually do exist. And they're, they're not just there as eye candy for the guys or they're not there to just to be feminazis as they're commonly portrayed in mm-hmm. gaming. They're just there to enjoy it just like anybody else. Um, so that, yes. yeah, I, I am thrilled. I'm That's absolutely thrilled. That's a really, really good point. I was just, you got me thinking about, I remember like uh, we talked about this a couple of years ago, is that there was a, a situation where like Hearthstone, the, the card game, came out of World of Warcraft. And like one of the, the, the people who played in the tournaments and stuff, I think she was from, I, I, would, I want to say South Korea. I think I'm right in saying that. Most likely because they have a good gaming culture there. And, uh, yeah, she was, like, absolutely amazing. And because of the, like, sort of um, the anonymity in, on the game, on, online, is that she just had a generic, like, username. So you didn't know if she was male or female. And then she started going to the tournaments, and people in the Hearthstone community found out she was a female. And she got a hills of abuse going that, like, oh, she must get some, she must get a guy to play for her because she can't possibly be that good. And and she was quite good looking and all this kind of thing. So she got all the sexist abuse and all this kind of thing. And and, and I'm saying this in a positive light is that 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 sort of example of, of prejudice and sexism, I'm hearing a lot less now. And, you know, it's nice when I mentioned that convention I went to about role playing is that, um, and I'm hoping it's the same for you in America from what you say is that um, a, a lot of the role playing and gaming groups that I see are widespread, not just in gender, but age, um, which I think's amazing. Like, I'm really, I'm thrilled when I say that because um, it wasn't the case even maybe a few years ago, but it, it's it's pleasing that it seems like, you know, the tide's turning. Which is absolutely yeah. absolutely I, I i couldn't be happier um as you know as um as a gm who loves to run highly complex you know very sophisticated <laughs> games that touch on different emotions and uh different paths you know having a woman uh having a female as as part of that to bring a new dynamic an interesting perspective a unique perspective to that game enriches the experience for all Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have like, uh, you know, a, a strong moral, uh, ambiguous, you know, part of the game where, you know, do you, uh, you know, do you justify murder in order to save someone? You know, I, I love, I love those types of kind of moral, moral questions to bring yeah, in my yeah. games to see how 
players of different classes and different backgrounds really react to that. Mm-hmm. Having such a fresh perspective um, from a female is is enriching to the experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I couldn't be happier, and I hope this trend continues. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you find from the feedback that you get, I mean, do you get, you know, sort of uh, across-the-board feedback in terms of who contacts you? Is it male? Is it female? Is it families? And, yeah. Yeah, it's still mostly males from what from what we're gathering, which yeah. is okay, which which is cool. Makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, it makes it, it's still no matter what way you dice it, it's still kind of the 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 prime purchasers in this space, uh, yeah. in, in the gaming space. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's changing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's changing, and um, that's not to say that we haven't gotten you know emails and kind of haven't gotten feedback um, from guild gamers, but I, I'd like to see more of it. I, I'd like to see how they're kind of enjoying the experience and and how they're participating because I, I think they've been in the shadows too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that, you, that, that there's not a positive thing going on. It's just, I think, what we're saying, which you got me thinking about when I said that. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, GMs, uh, it's, it can be quite complicated. So I guess a lot of the time, I think the experience that people have, like GMs in the past, have been male. So I guess the idea is it's just a thing of that they like doing it, as opposed to it's not that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're leaving out women have the yeah. opportunity to do it. It's just I don't think women have had the opportunity to actually try. So maybe that's just what... I think you're right. Time. Yeah. I, I um, think you're right. They haven't been maybe as approached as yeah, guys yeah. do. And so any any GMs listening out there, um, I would really encourage you, if you're really fond of uh, um, a girl, female, woman that might be really interested in playing, reach out. Because as a GM, I think a lot of you guys will find that Especially like me, people who like to play these really deep, really kind of serious uh, types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, with guys, you know, there, there's kind of a critical mass that you'll reach to really try to move them emotionally um, <laughs> because they're kind of you know embarrassed or they really don't want to hide anything. Yeah. But when you find the when you find the right you know the right female who you know who's kind of mature, they're a lot more open to the experience. Their yeah. their emotions are a lot pure, and mm-hmm. that adds and that will then snowball with the rest of your with the rest of their players. They will then feed off of that, um, and, and the you know the the intensity of the game, the the um, the intimacy of the game really increases um, quite a lot when you have this source of energy to really feed off of. It. So highly encourage you try it. Um, for for any you know anyone listening, um, you know any females listening, it's a super fun experience. Um, you know it's I'm sure you can find a very safe group. Um, and, and it's extremely rewarding. So, man, I I would love to see more of that happen. That's so interesting. You know, it is. I I, I that, that that was such an interesting. Um, I, I wasn't. You know, I never I never even considered that until we just discussed it. But yeah, it's not a case of like because in my experience of playing role playing games, because this, this is leading to my next question. I wanted to ask you, but um, it's not in my experience. It's not a case that there aren't women, you know, playing role playing games that I've seen. Um, it's just it, it led to our interesting point of you know um, actually women running running games actually being you know GMs is a, um, and I think that's the next step hopefully so yeah as you oh have, yeah I, I I agree with you I think it's actively just encouraging them to try um, and I just think there's been too long of the assumption of that the the guy the the male geek being the male geek you know doing it because he likes doing it that um, I just think hopefully just giving women the opportunity to try. Um, because I, to, to, what I was going to do, and it leads to my next question, is to just make the point of, um, for example, a really good game that, um, you know, speaking of you said about emotions and women getting involved and being really good at role-playing games is that, like, I, I've occasionally played Fiasco, um, which is a fantastic role-playing game in a box where you it has scenarios and 
and you you create your own characters and it's sort of like you do it all in one day like sort of one night like takes a few hours to play and you come up with your own characters and like your in what you know relationships you have with each other and the experience i've had in playing that with with women is that they're in some cases like you know more elaborate than the guys are in playing it and so it's i, I think that could lead to a natural progression where they actually run a game um you know um I, I think they would be really good at it from the people that i know anyway um but what i wanted to ask you because obviously we've talked about you know battle bards in terms of like adding to the experience of playing games and i just thought for fun because I've, I've asked you this before but i was just wondering since i last spoke to you um like what are you, what is your goal to role playing games that you play to a company like the the stuff obviously the software that you make like what what games do you enjoy playing yeah so um still uh kind of D D is my bread and butter okay. um so i'm still running i've been running for seven years a campaign called the wizard of the rose wow. which we just we just had a session yesterday mm-hmm. um so well, yeah like long time like continue yeah that's really it's cool. crazy yeah that's it's really crazy cool. um so um, what's amazing about these really uh, long-term games, uh, so obviously ex- a slow XP project prog- uh, progression, all, yes. if not, people would be fucking, oh, sorry, they'd be like level <laughs> level 30 okay, by now. Swear, fine. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Um, no, fine, you can swear. Yeah. So, um, it, but you know, one of the great things when you have these really long-form games with friends that you stick around with for a long time, you yeah, build yeah. these memories, you mm-hmm. build these experiences. So when we're out getting coffee or dinner sometime, just out of nowhere, we'll be like, hey, remember that one time where we had to decide if we're going to take the feeding tubes out of that psionic goblin who was a demigod? And, I mean, it's just – and you have these experiences, <laughs> um, and you know, we'll laugh about it, and uh, it's like – it's almost as if – we're all we're like old war heroes or old war buddies telling about stories of back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and um, <laughs> it's it's so amazing to be able to share with my friends stuff that we've experienced together in this collective storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would trade those experiences for the world. Um, so yeah, I've been running that for a long time. That's under D and D three point five. Um, been you know I will also uh, we sprinkle in some Pathfinder and that also run Pathfinder oh, also yeah. run fifth edition. Uh, so we're kind of all over the place. Oh, I was going um, to guess for, for some. Uh, like, so it shows my memory isn't as bad as I thought it was because I'm sure you've said fifth edition to me before. That was going to be my guess, but um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I seem to remember you saying you played fifth edition. Oh yeah, um, fifth edition yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, also, uh, want to start firing up a game for uh, Edge of the Empire, or Edge of Rebellion, uh, mm-hmm. the Star Wars Fantasy Flight yeah, uh, yeah. game. Uh, which amazing. of course we've got now some amazing, amazing sci-fi audio that I just can't wait to lay on my players. That sounds cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, you know, uh, don't have as much time as I used to. Um, and as you grow up, uh, you know, as I've seen over the last seven years, where when we first started, uh, Saturday was our gaming day, and that was like a holy sacred day. Um, everyone knew <laughs> as girlfriends came and went. That was just the one day that they would never have available for anybody else other than gaming. Yeah. As you grew up, unfortunately, um, responsibilities start Yeah. So we've had, um, you know, over the years, we've had people come and go, mm-hmm. um, as, as it is. And now I think we would be lucky if we can get, uh, we would be super lucky if we get two weeks, uh, two days out of the month that we can, uh, set up and play. But that's mm-hmm. how things go. Um, so those of you who are still uh, relatively like young in your mid twenties, please game. Game as know, much. Yeah, game while you still game can. I, yeah. I would like to game vicariously through you guys. Um, because boy, <laughs> I miss it so much. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, uh, like uh, during the um the, the last couple of years, as I I got reacquainted with. Um, with a friend of mine who from school who um, I was really really close with at school and then we just lost contact and then we we got back together and we were suddenly like wow why, why did we lose contact and so 
um, she was really she was in the board games and stuff. So we we do a games night, then we alternate between her house with her husband, um, who plays as well, um, or my house sometimes. Um, and yeah, it's it, it originally when it starts because it's like it's a new idea and it's a new games night and like we all should get together and do it. Like so, we had a period of time where like every week it was like without fail we'd be like it's and for us it was a Friday, like a Friday night because that was when our husband was off work. So we'd we'd go and you know play like uh, for about five hours or something and play something or um or whatever. And um, it's funny you say that because recently I mean I've been sick which doesn't help, but like yeah, there's just you know every now and again there's been like oh my um my kids got to do this so i've got to go to this place and so stuff starts starting to creep in where Mm -hmm. we're not able to do it weekly as weekly as as we would like but um uh it leads me to say before i forget to tell you um just uh, something alex might be interested to hear um i'm right in saying because i'm pretty certain when we did video camera once on a podcast do you have a dog yeah yeah Um, my wife is being awesome by making sure that he's not interrupting us uh didn't he bark one particular time he did he did he likes to he he likes to show up on your uh podcast (laughs) yeah i don't think i made that joke of especially in the early the early years when i first started this is like it was a running theme that some sort of pet would interrupt uh, me (laughs) talking to people it was usually it was usually a cat uh, which is, just wanted to gnaw the microphones. Like when I used to do, like because when I used to interview people in Newcastle, I used to go to their house, and so there'd be cats running around. Um, but the reason I'm bringing up your dog because it's something we both share is because since I last spoke to you, one of my big sort of things is I got a dog recently. Um, so um, I, I'm like um, getting I'm I'm getting used to being a dog owner, which is uh, exciting. Um, so yeah, that was, that's like my new, my like big news in terms of this year is that, um, and I had some sort of, he had some sort of problems when I first got him. He had to have minor surgery. Um, but he's, but he's all good. Um, so yeah, that's my good. new, so that's what my new like, person. Um, he's a staffy. Um, which um is a particular area. Uh, as far as I know, it's a particular area in, it's Staffordshire basically in, in England. Um, and he's like a terrier. It's like a, sta- it's like a Staffordshire terrier. Um, but he's a crossbreed, so he's a staffy mixed with something. But I got him from a shelter, um, and so his circumstances was. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but his circumstances was I got him in February, um, and um, he was in a he was in a cat and dog shelter not far from where I was. And basically, all his circumstances was is that his previous owner unfortunately got sectioned. I'm not sure why. I'm guessing maybe like because uh, she was an elderly woman. Uh, that maybe she had like unfortunately dementia or something like that and couldn't look after him mm. anymore. Um, because he's he's around about three years old, um, and he's ridiculously like right now this entire time I've been talking to you because uh, for those that are in- interested who aren't from the UK, I'm doing this at like midnight because uh, <laughs> of the time difference. Um, he's been lying right next to me the entire time I've been talking to you, and he doesn't he doesn't bark or anything. He's like the most ridiculously <laughs> ridiculously well trained dog I've ever met. That's um, awesome. So, um, yeah, he's, and um, I, I've talked about this before because of um, I've had mental health issues, um, which people know about. Um, I'm sure I've talked to you about it before. Um, and uh, he, he's he's been a huge plus in terms of that, like because obviously I, with the fact that I, I run a business predominantly from home, as I'm sure you you understand this, you understand this too. Um, he's a huge plus for me in terms of just being like ha- having a companion, like just somebody to focus my energy on other than myself because it's like what we touched on with running a business is you can get a little too self-absorbed 
Like it's all about, you know, we need to do, I need to do this, I need to do this. But having a dog reminds me, like, oh, I need to make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, don't get me started on dogs. I will go forever. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge dog fan. Um, yeah, yeah. Dogs are better people than people. Oh, I agree. Um, with that. You will, um, you will never experience more unconditional love in your entire life until you own a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, they are just. Um, they are um what I love about dogs is that they're they're pure expression. Mm-hmm. There's there's no facade. Yeah, there's yeah. uh there's, the there's no language, pretense. Yeah. <laughs> um and there's nothing for them to the hide. They don't have, there's there's no social norms, there's yeah, yeah. no uh, conditioning. They just love you. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's all there is to it. So, you know, whenever you come home from a hard day at work and you see that little butt wag because he's just so excited to see you. Yeah, yeah. Uh and, and that that's pure. I mean you call me cynical, uh, but even the relationships that one makes in one's lives with humans, um, there's complexities there. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, as you know, even between husband or wife or with child uh, with, with children, yes, that that's a obviously intense, pure. That, that that that's that's wonderful expression. But there, there's always other elements, right? Mm-hmm. There's always something else. Yeah. With a dog, it's just it's it's wholesome. It's mm-hmm. absolutely in every possible way genuine. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I'm so drawn to those animals, and, um, and and I've always tried to have a dog my whole life because you know I I too have always kind of I, I've had struggled with you know you know some mental issues uh, as well um, you know where you know as growing up there's always a lot of complexities in one's life and yeah yeah uh, what's always been constant is you know a wet nose and a wagging tail that just <laughs> says you know everything's going to be okay yeah, because yeah. I'm here and you're here and that's all there is to it um, you, you can't beat that yeah because um, the could ever get yeah yeah it's it's it yeah it's it uh, well said i think um uh, in a weird way it's like um as you said about the complexity it's 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 a complete parallel because it's so simplistic but wonderful like because as you say it's just like a, a dog just space like um because i wanted to ask you because you've got kids right i'm, I'm right no not yet not um, yet but soon you, like <laughs> <laughs> do you so do you agree with the um dude so I, I i i'm dying to ask you then because i asked anyone who has a dog as well as children it's not the same though it's because you know when people there's some people who say with dogs that they're just like you know my dog is my kid and it's just the same responsibility that's not right right <laughs> yeah i mean uh you know we my wife and i treat our dog he's our fur baby i mean he, he's he's our baby so we we take him we you know anywhere that we can possibly go that he can go we we, we try to take him um uh, of course when i have a kid i'm gonna love that kid more than life itself that goes without saying yes um so it's 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 a different type right and it's just i guess it's my admiration and my respect for an animal that is unique in the animal kingdom to have developed such a selfless connection to humankind um you hear stories of people who do abominable things to their dogs uh, stuff that i can't I can't uh, repeat. Yeah. My mind won't let me. And the animal, you know, the dog will still blame itself. It will still ask for forgiveness uh, when it hasn't done anything. Yeah, yeah. I can't stomach that. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, no other creature on this planet, you know, e- even those who you think you're closest to, will be that selfless. It won't. I, I will tell you, you. You won't find it. Yeah, uh, I mean, as I said, I've only had... Um, uh, his name's Lister, by the way. Um, which you Lister. might not get, yeah, which which you might not get the reference because um, it's named after a character in Red Dwarf. Um, I'm, I think we've discussed this before in terms of I mentioned this show, but it's a show kind of like Doctor Who in terms of it's been around a long time. 
um, and the main character's called Lister, and it was the only show that my family watched together, and so I thought, when I got my dog, I was like, ooh, I should get something, because I'm, you know, nerdy, I should get something that is a reference that makes sense to me, and then I was like, oh, it's got to be Red Dwarf, because I've, you know, watched it for, you know, it was it started when I was born in 1987, so... And I was like, oh, so my family will appreciate it too, obviously, because my family get to see him. So I was like, I'll call him Lister because <laughs> it's a reference to Love it. Um, Love it. So, um, so yeah, it's just um, like, so I've had him since February. So what's that? Not even, it's like four months or something. Um, and um, I just get endlessly, I know people, people aren't dog, dog, dog lovers here are going to get so bored with this. But anyway, <laughs> but, it's just, but, it, but it's just, I get endlessly fascinated by the simple stuff that he does and he just he's it's 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 an end if you approach it the right way it's an endless source of it's an endless source of humor like an endless source of just being you know sort of being of him being adorable like he does a bunch of stuff where like it's unique to him as a dog and an individual it's just he does stuff that i go that's so awesome and like it just you laugh because it's just like it's just selfless as you say like yeah i think the way you praised it was perfect like they're just so selfish in the way of approaching things and they do stuff that's just silly but you just you know you can't obviously you, know, you can't be annoyed with them because it's just um it's just fun it's just funny like i'll give yeah. you some give you some quick example like a quick example and i get endless joy out of doing that out of this is that when i when i make us food obviously uh, certain certain times during the day um, he goes like because I when I first got him because he's a staff he's a ter- he's a steri- uh, a staffy is a terrier breed so they're quite jumpy and quite energetic so mm-hmm. when I first so when I first got him he would jump everywhere and so it was kind of like so I've taught him that jumping you know on desks and stuff like that if you can reach them is not is not allowed um and so like so I've pleased to I'm really pleased with the way that I've dealt with that because he he doesn't do that at all now and so whenever I feed him he's like he used to be like all like impatient. So mm-hmm. now I get him to wait by by the kitchen door, and then he just sort of takes his time. But what he does now, because he kind of like he, he knows he's waiting for his food. If he's napping, and so I go into the kitchen and make his food. If he hears me making his food, it's the funniest thing. And I hope people listen to this get as much joy as I'm about to say. Is he'll he'll stealthily go around the couch. <laughs> Like as if like he's like he's like he's in a trench or something, and he kind of like you know sort of sneaks up to the kitchen door, and like when I see him, he like stands still as if he's like he won't see me if I stand still. <laughs> and I, maybe I his mo- maybe his vision's based on motion. <laughs> yes. yeah. It's yeah. the funniest thing. I get I get I laugh like I am laughing now every single day because he does it at least once a day where he'll stealthily try and reach the kitchen door without me noticing. And then I just start giggling, and I go, Lister, you know, that that's not... And he's just... He look, and then he does... Because he's a staffy, he's got very, like, you know, adorable eyes. Like, he's got, he, he, his eyes, like, sort of pop out in a kind of, like, cute way. And he kind of looks at me like, what, what, what have I done? I'm done eating. That's <laughs> and awesome. It's, and it's so great. That's just one example of a million that just, I kind of go, it's great. So, yeah, I'm pleased to say, in terms of... um. You know, I'm in quite a good place anyway, but I'm just saying one of the things I thought because I was in a financially, you know, okay situation where I was like, I can get a dog, I can afford a dog, I can look after him. He's it's a perfect time because I'm at home a lot, so I'm looking look right. after him. So right. um, it's been a universally brilliant thing. So yeah, just what I'd let you know. It's been a awesome. Last Love it. Um, Love anyway, it. Cool. Um, so I guess, like as I say, in terms of wrapping this up. Um, as you know, the only real sort of, because <laughs> as you know, I don't really do notes or anything like that. But the thing I always end the podcast by saying uh, to to uh, the good guests is um, future plans. So I mean, obviously, you just touched on the fact that you're re, you know, reinventing, you know, certain parts of the software and stuff like that, and idea about the subscription model. 
But you mentioned the Kickstarter and stuff like that. Is there anything else further down the line, or is it that you can mention, or is it? Just yeah, I, yeah, I think it's. I think we kind of captured most of it. It's you know we're thinking about getting a new Kickstarter. Not sure exactly when, but that's kind of in the pipe where we would then be um, introducing sci-fi, um, which mm-hmm. I can't be more excited about. That's so um, idea. And yeah, so also kind of. Uh, uh, seeing if we could help uh, make what our users have been asking for, kind of a subscription business model, seeing if we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, releasing more audio, so more is coming. You know, I know that we've uh, been super behind, but we have some stuff that I think a lot of uh, folks would enjoy. Um, and, yeah, really, you know, the offline player, for uh, those of you who might not know, so there will be finally a way to enjoy uh, your mixes and BattleBards tracks and your own tracks that you've kind of put together uh, offline. Um, so that should be in beta, and then our online player, uh, BattleBards Cast, uh, should be, I think, uh, going through an advanced beta, uh, soon with, a kind of a tutorial and some kind of a hands-on on that as well. So, that's, um, I think, I, there might be more, I don't know what state some of this other stuff might be in, uh, but, okay. uh, definitely haven't heard The Last of Us, uh, kind of a, a lot more coming. Um, just, uh, I know we've been, we've been in rework mode for so long, we haven't had a chance to <laughs> get some of the new exciting stuff out, but, um, it's gonna be worth it. No, no, totally. Um, so would it be fair to say, like, I'm not trying to sort of pigeonhole you, but, um, it, it, it sounds like to me that maybe if there is gonna be a Kickstarter, it'd be probably next year? Would that be fair? Maybe. I'm gonna see if we can push one to get one this year. Again, we have to take a look at that timing. We have to take a look at that, uh, uh, making sure that it's something that we could get enough across to get people excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since what I kinda, I think we mentioned this before we started is when we do this next Kickstarter, I want this to be getting Battle Bards to a whole new level. I mean, it's great that we have about, you know, 1400 tracks, maybe a co- another couple hundred coming out, but I want things to just really be taken to, uh, the, the next, uh, the next level here. So we want to make sure we get those ducks in a row. So if we can do that this year, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, if not, then yeah, we'll have to see when the best time would be. Cool. Um, obviously, um, I'm going to mention this uh, in the introduction, but just obviously because we're talking about it now, uh, you can go to battlebards.com uh, where you can, uh, as I've, I've been flicking, fr- flicking through the, the website as I've been talking to Alex, um, and it's uh, it's got a whole bunch of stuff on. Um, also as well, which um, I must remember to say, which is kind of awesome, so you not only get a chance to listen to some samples, but they're also on SoundCloud. So if you go to soundcloud.com forward slash battlebards, um, you can have a look at some examples of some of the stuff you get uh, track-wise, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so you know, for the for the low low price of free, as Will Wheaton would say, <laughs> you get love it. Yeah, free get, is awesome. You get the opportunity to sample stuff, which is pretty 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 epic. Also, as well, you can have, have a look at the the Kickstarter that we've been paraphrasing. So if you want to see. And the Kickstarter that they did, you get an example of how awesome the Kickstarter was. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, this has been really fun. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking let's maybe not make it as long last time because it must have been at least a year. I'm thinking since you were last on, so let's make it. Agreed. Let's make it, let's make it shorter next time. Um, uh, I'm, I'm behind that 100. <laughs> percent Awesome. Um, so is there anything else left to say? I'm um, obviously you're on the tweets, Facebook. Um, is that where you want people to go? Yes, please. Uh, anywhere that you can find us. Um, also on my personal uh, Twitter channel at uh, Soul Collector XX. Um, so we also have obviously at Battle Bars. But if you want to reach me directly, um, I am thrilled, beyond thrilled, to chat with anything and anything that has to do about gaming, gaming audio. Just you name it. Drop me a line. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, oh, I didn't realize you are you on Patreon. Uh, yes, yes, we have a Patreon as well. Oh, that's cool. 
Well, uh, um, so yeah, anyway, I mean, if, uh, all I'm doing, I mean, um, I, obviously I've got, I've bookmarked, I've bookmarked all their stuff, because obviously I look at their stuff all the time. But, um, uh, if you go, if you just type in BattleBards into any of your search engines, I'll not name, well, Google, obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you just type it in, you'll find all a bunch of stuff, um, uh, and just, uh, have a look, and they're awesome. Um, so yeah, as I just said earlier, which is kind of interesting, and I, it's, it's been nice kind of just, um, catching up in terms of, you know, I mean, just the work, that you've done um because I, I only thought of this as we've been talking but as i said like you know like it's it, it's so fascinating isn't it that i remember when i first found out about you which i'm i'm i, I'm, I have a feeling you might remember is i think i'm right in saying correct me if i'm wrong but it was the, i remember it was the orange county gaming group and i'd heard something about that you were doing some sort of audio project mm-hmm. and i don't know whether or not you contacted me or it was the other way around but um, and I think I heard about it because a friend of mine as well. I did hear it by chance. The my gaming group mentioned that all oh, is this thing. I'm pretty certain somebody told me in that sense. But anyway, I can't quite remember how it ended up came into be. But just the fact that it started from the Orange County Gaming Group and then it led to you starting BattleBards to now where it is and the rebranding you did. You know, I remember when you yep. you showed me the new logo, which is awesome. Um, and just like yeah, it's just I guess like in a retrospective sense it's kind of exciting isn't it like i mean like yeah. the, the amount of hour endless hours you must have put in um it's exciting isn't it <laughs> yeah you guys you guys were you were there in the in the inception of all yeah, this yeah. you you were there from the very beginning and you know we can't thank Crazy. you enough for the feedback and the the just beyond valuable exposure that you gave us in, in those first uh first months in that first kickstarter it was it was instrumental no, no, thank you very much. And um, and as I said, as I said, I'm not bullshitting when I say there's people I know in my neighborhood that use your stuff. So I think that's the biggest compliment I can give you. And, and oh, people, it's huge. And 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 people who um and people who listen to this know I only really ever have people on <laughs> who I actually you know want to talk to. <laughs> that's the beauty of running your own show is that you just kind of go, I don't need to speak to this person. I don't really like them. Um, it's funny as well. I, I wanted I wanted to say a little quick story as well, and people who listen to this might understand who I'm talking about. But just thank uh, uh, you know because um, before me and Alex started uh, chatting, I think it's the last thing I'll say is um, uh, he was asking me about the Kickstarter that we had a, a, an idea of doing. And I would just say from my point of view as someone who's witnessed, you know, Alex and, and BattleBods and uh, the Kickstarters that they've done and, and the countless other people who've Kickstarted who I've spoke to on here, just, you know, good, well done for you to treating it seriously because I think, I don't know whether you've come across this, but I'm sure you did when you did research for Kickstarter, but I've come across, you know, the, some people who kind of treat people like ourselves who are passionate about stuff and 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 kind of treat it with a little disrespect. Like, I'm, I'm starting to see Kickstarters that... And I think we may have touched on this before in a previous podcast, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but um, just the, there's, there's, there's Kickstarters that I'm coming across and people contacting me over where they're going, we've got this idea, and it's just really poorly executed, or it's really lazy, and it's like, oh, we've got this idea, but we want the consumers to put all the effort in. Um, and I'm just saying on behalf of just a consumer outside of me running this podcast it's just nice that you actually you know you, the, uh, we were touching on like you've been on this podcast several times but just the fact that you actually put the huge amount of effort in is noticeable um and i think that's why you're getting the feedback that you, des- you deserve because yeah i see some kickstarters i don't know whether or not i'm not asking you to name names in particular but um or i i'm not certainly naming names but i'm just saying i, I don't know if you've come across that but in kickstarter where you just see poorly Im- implemented projects and it's kind of offensive where they just go there's this idea we've put no effort into planning this at all but we want 
your money. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do, you get, do you get what I mean? Um, yeah, no, that, that's a really interesting insight. Um, so, yeah. yeah, for those of you who may uh, maybe not know, um, you know, having put a Kickstarter together. So, yeah, we uh, Ken and I get approached every now and then um, by folks who have awesome ideas and they're looking to do a Kickstarter and trying to understand what way around it. And what's really fascinating is um, there's this conception, there's this um, thought by many that, um, Kickstarter is just something that you kind of throw up an idea and people hand you money um, and then you run off and, and do what you wanted to do. Um, unfortunately, um, that can't be further from the truth. And to be honest, I, to an extent, even I thought it was something like that. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. wow, look, all, all these people are making all kinds of money uh, and it's just that easy. Um, it's not really. Um, it's like if anything in life is too good to be true, it likely is. Um those, you know, so when we were doing our research, we, we did a good um, three, four months of just solid research, interviewing successful Kickstarter folks and analyzing what made a good Kickstarter and all that. And the um, the conclusion was quite clear. Um, it, it was a Herculean effort. It, it really is. It, it takes over, you know, one of the big reasons why you haven't seen another Kickstarter from BattleBards in, in so long is because it's so disruptive to your life. It is yeah. such an overwhelming effort. consuming um, yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It, it takes over your life. Um, mm-hmm. Our, you know, uh, Ken and I wives, I'm sure, would not be super thrilled um, to hear that we're <laughs> we'll be having on the Kickstarter um, because it, it just it just takes over everything you do. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, but then you know th- th- those tend to show. So yes, I, I have also seen some Kickstarters who just have awesome ideas, great, great, great ideas. Um, but yes, you you see that there hasn't been a whole lot of effort. And of course, as someone who is looking to donate money. Um, you're kind of really hesitant about throwing money at something where you kind of feel like the people who are really behind it didn't believe in it enough to uh, give it a good go mm-hmm. initially, right? And the, the the big misconception that I would that I would um, advertise um, yeah. for those of you uh, thinking to a to do a Kickstarter, yep. people don't. Uh, by and large, uh, people do not come to Kickstarter looking for something to to throw their money at. And that's the biggest misconception yeah, that I've run great into. Great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, so don't think of Mixstar, uh, Kickstarter as this magical place where tons of people are just coming, just looking for something to donate. That's mm-hmm. actually not true. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you've you've had to have grabbed them from some of the means, whether it's an amazing uh, podcast such as this, uh, Geek Apocalypse, or um, it's from a blog, or it's from friends, or word of mouth, or a flyer, or anything, and then That's and so then true. you and then you send them to this place to conduct the transaction. That's all Kickstarter is. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you have you know videos and stuff, but that's to show someone who's already learned about you. Yeah. Um, so that, that interested, yeah. Right. It's to yeah. show them, you know, um, you know. Great thanks point. for checking us out. Here's who we are. This is what we do, and here's what you get for your money. Um, and I, I, I'm always amazed at the amount of people who don't know that. And, and, and maybe I'm being too harsh because I didn't know that either. Okay. Um, I, I had to find that out, and it was a little bit of a slap in the face. So um, it's a ton of work, but it's super rewarding. Um, but you need to know what you're getting into if you're going to do a Kickstarter. Yeah, I think because, um, I mean, there's probably it would probably be fair to say there'd be somebody somewhere who does go on Kickstarter because I guess they have enough disposable income to go on and go, sure. oh, what am I going to donate now? Sure. But, your, but your, point, your point's valid in the sense of 
I mean, you, you speak to, to sp- you're speaking to me, so I can only speak from my point of view. But and I know, pe- and, and this, it's the same for people who I I, I, I think I can speak for people I know as well who have kickstarted, who have um, donated to Kickstarter before. It's next to always because somebody told them that it was happening, or as you said, you hear about it on a podcast, or you hear about it on Twitter. I get a lot of I get a lot of Kickstarter stuff from Twitter, um, of just people going, oh, "I've got this this great Kickstarter by such and such a company is out now," um, and so you click on the link and then you get to kick so so your point i think is super super valid that's such a great observation i never even thought of it that way but yeah i never like just go right i'm gonna you know google kickstarter or i'm gonna bookmark kickstarter and go straight on it and see what project is there i always always go on because somebody else told me or it's a clickable link or it's someone i follow or trust to a certain extent like so yeah no i think that's a that's a fantastic observation. And I would just say in relation to my Kickstarter, because we talked about this before we started, and Alex asked me how it was going, and we haven't done one yet. And to pred- predominantly, and I think it shows that I respect the, I, I respect and I, und- and I, I respect the way that it, the, 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 the way of doing it, and that I understand the hard work and aspect of it, because I did the same as you, as I talked to a bunch of people who have been on this show and yourself about like how difficult it is to kickstart. And the reason we haven't done it is because, I'm I at this present moment in time unless I figure out an, a way of doing it I can't dedicate the time that I know it would take to make it successful so that's the reason we haven't done it is because I know for a fact that if I don't do that I don't want to be half assed about it and it won't be successful if I don't do ultimately what people who have had successful stuff have done um, and I think that ultimately from what I say to, to, to latch on to your point is that I think just people don't realise that that's what it takes and just think, oh, we'll put a half-assed like board game box and go. It'll look something like that when it's finished. <laughs> like I've yeah. seen that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no, exactly. you need to actually have the finished product in front of you. And then at least if it's just a sample and go, you know, we'll make 200 of these. Um, that 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 implies to people who watch that that like, well, as you said, am I really donating to get something that's finished, or am I donating to something that will get you to the point of that you're then able to to make it? Um, that's not the same thing, um, you know. And I think some people do that. Some people end up doing that. You have to spend. I think I don't think people realize you have to spend some money to get it to the point where it's sellable. Yes, um, um, that's right. I, yeah, I think that's another thing as well. Anyway, uh, but cool. I think that's a great uh, avenue for Kickstarter. And I think, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I get people asking about you know launching Kickstarters and stuff because obviously we have people on who are promoting some. And that would, yeah, it, that's good advice. So I would, I would, if you list anyone who's listening to this, I'd take Alex's advice on that. I think that was a very good point. Um, cool. So obviously, as uh, as we touched on uh, with Battlebards, if you like, obviously keep in touch with them on their website, and obviously you can follow them on the tweets like I do. Um, and they'll obviously, um, you know, I, I'm assuming you'll see in the social media verse if you've got any uh, Kickstarter stuff or any news coming out. And obviously, as I said, um, if you do do a Kickstarter, come back on and talk about it. Um, I'd love to, and that'd be because I'd, I'd be excited to know what you do, what you're going to do, because it sounds interesting. Because, like I say, um, I think you've reached a point where it's level. You, you, you've got a thing now that's that's like prospering, and so once it sort of levels out, is you're like, right, what do we do with it now? You get to do the really exactly. Cool stuff. You get to do the right. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So. Yep, that's right. That's Exciting right. Oh, times. I'd, I'd, I'd be thrilled. It is. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, I can't. I can't wait. 
to be able to say, you know, drop you an email and be, all right, here we go. We, we've got some major stuff coming Woo-hoo! out and let's, let's get on that. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm just shivering with uh, possibility. But yeah, for those of you listening, um, I think our, our, our new platform, our new UX should hopefully be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So if I would love to get your guys' feedback, what do you think about some of the tutorials, some of the little information things that, you know, to really help, uh, of the onboarding experience would just love, love, love your guys' feedback on that. Awesome. Um, if you guys ever get a moment. Cool. Right. Um, I think I'll say about you properly, but I'll just end the podcast by saying, well, huge. Thank you, Alex. It's been great catching up. Um, uh, and as I say, you're welcome back anytime and good luck with everything with battle bards and hopefully, um, uh, don't work too hard, <laughs> 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 but I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll ignore what I just said. Um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's a huge thank you to having you on and you're welcome back anytime. Oh, it's such a pleasure always to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Looking forward to the next one. Cool. Awesome. Me too. Um, so as I say, a huge thank you to Alex. As we mentioned uh, in the introduction and whatnot, please do check out their stuff. And I'll end the podcast like I always end in the words of the great B-movie robot, Josh Crash and Burn. And we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Problems Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye.